you know and like i'm so you know there's a point there where i was like dude maybe i should just like buy the clout for a second so i could like you know look cool and then in my head i was like but that's going to dilute everything that you're trying to do like if you're going if you're if your foundational principle sergio is to stop lying and tell the fucking truth and then you're gonna go out and you know make it appear different well then that's not the game because the reality is right like i'm not a big dog yet could i be sure is is it gonna happen there's no guarantee but what i will say is that i will not i will the good and the bad you're gonna get it all and for some people it's so curated it's so plastic it's so fake that their information is great but just knowing that they did that to me it takes them down a few notches Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family-owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family-owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. Unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes. Train your mind to conquer challenges, stay focused under pressure, and achieve unparalleled success. Our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques, enhancing concentration, resilience, and confidence. Picture yourself outperforming your rivals, making split-second decisions with clarity, and achieving victory like never before. Join us today and elevate your game to new heights. Peak Mental Performance Program, where champions are forged in the mind. Email me today, sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information. See you inside. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Determined Society. Let me remind you, if it's the first time you've ever listened to the show, hit pause right now, go follow the show, and uh, put on your seatbelt because we have an amazing fucking guest today. I have with me my boy Sergio Nazaro. He is a performance coach with over 10 years of experience. Sergio's inspiring story on how he overcame PTSD, a failing marriage, and a heart attack to create a seven-figure business. This dude's a badass he holds it down with his wife, Lizzie, one child and another one on the way. This dude is a true inspiration to men. Uh, he and I go back and forth a lot on Instagram, and it's just always really cool to see somebody who is real and doesn't give a shit about what other people feel or think about him, and uh, he puts it out there. So I respect him. Sergio, welcome to the show. Dude, thank you for having me. Like, I feel like I know you so well, and yet this is the first time we've actually got to sit down and have a fucking conversation. So I'm stoked. It's weird, dude, right? Because like we we had a show before and I had to I had to cancel, then we didn't get back on the the books until now. But it's funny that you mentioned it because I I you know, you turn on the camera today and it's like I've seen you like a billion times <laughs> that we've had these conversations. I think it's like we do have very parallel energy. Like, you know, we are, you know, we hit people right between the eyes with what we're saying and it offends a lot of people. Um, but you know what? So what? As long as it gets them to move in their life, right? A hundred percent. I look at it as like, hey, man, I'm just here to wake people up. And uh, at some point it's going to be a little bit polarizing and that's okay because my intent is pure with what I'm trying to do. No, it's true. You know, you talk about, you know, the, you know, polarizing the view, right? I mean, like people just, they need that sometimes. Like I need it. Like there's been times where I've watched some of your stuff. It's come across. I'm like, oh shit. Like, man, that hit me right there. That hit me. 
Like I need to do more right now. I need to get out of my own way because what I'm struggling with right now, and I'm, you know, we've had this conversation, we'll get to it, but I never lie on my show. I mm. never lie on social media. What it is is what it is, right? I always tell people where I'm at. I don't really worry about if they're going to look about, look at me like less than because I'm being honest, mm. dude, I'm struggling with the gym right now, man. I had this injury and I just, I continue to like go on a Sunday and a Monday and then I'm out. Right. So let's talk about, you know, to start, like how important that is in your life, dude, because, you know, I truly believe fitness is the gateway to a lot of other shit in your life yeah. to, to make it better. So why don't you walk the audience through your routine and why it's important to you? Yeah, man. I think before we hop into that, just your injury, like, where is it? What is it? Cause that's yeah. kind of telling. Yeah, dude. So I had, um, I had an Achilles injury. Okay. And then recently my, my right shoulder's all jacked up. I got three tears in it. Yeah. So, you know, I have a subscap tear, a supraspinatus tear and a suspected labrum tear. Yeah. So the labrum will put me out. So yeah, dude, like when things like that happen to me, like I just go into the shitter. Yeah. I don't, I don't make good choices because it just, I want to do shit right. And if I can't do anything right and I can't lift heavy, then I'm just embarrassed to be even in there. Yeah. I think, you know, from my, my routine, right. That's kind of like come back to this question. Then we'll kind of wrap it around into the shoulder thing <clears throat> for the longest time. I would put my body through the ringer. I mean, for 12 years I was doing CrossFit. I competed at regionals a few times. Like I was in it, I was in the thick of it and I knew my outer limits. Like I could disconnect my brain from my body and just fucking push through the pain. And I think a lot of that came from some insecurities. Like as a kid, I got bullied a lot. And so I got into lifting weights around thir 12, 13 years old, simply because like I was tired of being fucked with. And that's kind of, mm. I've carried that chip on my shoulder for so long till I got to the spot where I was pushing so hard and I had these underlying deep securities that I was carrying with me that eventually my body started to break down I, and I ignored it. And, you know, first it was my heart, then it was my shoulder. Most recently it was my elbow that got hyperextended from doing some- I saw that. Yeah, doing some stupid shit. I hired a coach. I have two coaches. One of my one coach's name is Tim Adams. And he's he is magical in the way he works. But one of the things he continues to ask me is, hey, have you looked at the spiritual meaning behind what your injury represents? And I was like, no. Oh, shit. And so I looked into my shoulder pain and I looked into my elbow pain and the elbow was a big one. He's like, where do you feel like you're going backwards in your life? Which to me hit me right in between the fucking not, like eyes. I'm going from a seven figure real estate business to a brand new coaching business. I'm taking a step back. I was top dog and now I'm at the bottom of it. And so, yeah, I'm in the gym wanting to work out because it's really important to me and it has a massive impact on the way I show up in my business. But the same thing that you're going through, these injuries continue to pop up and it's my body trying to tell me something. That's why I asked. Mm. Dude, enlighten me. This has got me geeking out, right? I'm excited. What does the shoulder mean? Dude, I think so. I know the left shoulder, uh, the last time I checked was like uh, your ability to uh, receive because that's your feminine energy, right? So I have a tough okay. time receiving energy and being able to do, or receiving anything, being able to do anything with other people. Really? So I don't ask for help. So mine is the right. Mine's the right. Yeah. Dude, we're going to have to do like a Google search. Small dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it means you have a small dick. Um, last time I yeah, checked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This one's not going to be for uh, – I should do a pre, like a warning <laughs> on the show notes. This one has extreme language. I started to clean it up for a little while because I heard people were 
saying like, I would really love to listen to his show, but he's too nasty sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I want kids to be able to listen to me because of the, of what I do with, you know, the athletes. So, yeah. but this show they're, they're just gonna have to deal with our foul mouths. So yeah, I'm interested in this man. Yeah. I'm wondering what my body's trying to tell me. Yeah. So I would do some, I would spend some time looking at like, what does the right shoulder represent? Look into it, see if that kind of starts to align with any of the other problems that you're having. I know that, um, when my wife and I were struggling, I had back problems and back problems and, and ankle problems, I believe represent like your, uh, do you feel like you're being supported? And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was being supported at all in my marriage. And it wasn't her fault. Wow. It was the fact that I was showing up right. kind of like a shell of a man. And so it mm. forced me to look into my marriage and in resolving some of this pain and frustration, because your body's going to store these emotions in certain spots in resolving that it opened up a lot in me that I was able to then, you know, get back into the gym and be more thoughtful about what I'm doing and realize that my marriage impacts my body. So there's a, it's a, mm. there's some like, I believe in this stuff, even though sometimes it sounds like, yo, dude, lay off the LSD. It's more so like, hey, I think something's actually going on here. <laughs> I get it, man. I, it's funny because like your body's always going to tell you a story, right? So for me, I've been really tired lately. Like my eyes hurt. I feel like I have a constant like dull headache. I'm like, wow. So I'm going to research this. If you have a link, you know, shoot me a text or something sure. like if whatever I can go to look at it. So I don't go down the wrong rabbit hole and it says I have cancer or something. Yeah. Like that. WebMD. I don't, don't want to go. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking WebMD, dude. Oh my God. But dude, you've had some health scares in your life, man. Yeah. You, you had a heart attack. Yeah, dude. I, uh, it came on the back of, you know, I was, I was I just became an entrepreneur and I don't even say an entrepreneur, dude. I was just in sales. I was selling homes. I thought I was an entrepreneur. But I was just in yeah. sales. Um, and I was trying to build this business, you know, not sure what it was going to look like. And then me and my wife or my fiance at the time, we were fighting nonstop to the point where we called mm. off our wedding and we had to get a couple's therapy. It was a disaster, man. And like, it was just stress after stress after stress. And I found myself in the hospital, um, doing a stress test because, I was having these mm -hmm. chest pains for over a year and it was like debilitating. I had to like lay down on the bed for an hour or two and then I would get back up and just get back into work, you know? Um, and my wife is like, Hey, you need to go get a test. And so I went in and did it and I'm on the stress test doing my thing. And, uh, I'm at the VA and they're like, this is the, this is one of the longest stress tests we've seen. I was like, well, what's the longest? I want to beat the record obviously. Um, and I'm sitting there <laughs> of course. and yeah, nothing happens. So I'm walking to my car and I'm supposed to leave for Mexico the next day with my real estate brokerage as like a, you know, like a president's club thing. Well, yeah, yeah. walking to the car, heart attack symptoms are induced. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. So I go back into the, the hospital, they pull some blood and they, they basically admit me to the, to the ER and, uh, I was having a heart attack. And so they went in. They did an angiogram on uh, my, you know, my artery. Found out that my widowmaker yep. is like sixty percent clogged, and um, it doesn't run in my family. Nothing happens when they took the thing out for the angiogram. I almost bled out. They actually had to hold me down on the table to stop my wrist from bleeding out. So there's like these two things going on. So I come out mm. of this surgery. I'm in the hospital, right, and like I'm in recovery. Finally, come to it's probably like you know a few hours later, and then the cardiologist comes in. And uh, somehow I convinced them to let me out and I get on the flight the next day and head to Mexico. Wow, that's that's smart. 
Yeah, su- I mean, just Did super fun in Mexico. Had a great time. I showed up. I had like didn't realize I had hospital tape on me. People, it looked like <laughs> what I imagined when uh, Jesus was resurrected, and everybody's like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Like I walked out, and I was just like ripping shots, and people are like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm here." Are you gonna die this weekend? Yeah, it was. Dude, I'm here. It was one of those That's things, crazy. though. Like in all honesty, it was like I. Uh, it's one of those moments where I was like, I have to prove to myself that this isn't going to stop me. And I think it was a little too yeah. fast and I, I didn't want to deal with it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I'm alive. So were you suppressing like certain emotions during that time? Like, and then when you got back from Mexico, did it start to become a little bit more real? I think what I was suppressing was my inability to communicate with my spouse. You know, I felt like I was walking on eggshells. I felt like it was a moment where my, where my heart was like, yo man, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing right now. Like, this is mm. great that you're crushing real estate, but I think it was my first sign that I wasn't following what I was supposed to do. And I wasn't having fun in life at all. It was just, I was yeah. one dimensional douchebag. I was just focused on making money because I had never made money before. I'd done it my first yeah. year. My second year, I was like, dude, if I can make more, this would be great. I think that's the first experience when you start to have that type of success. And so I think it was one of those moments when I got back, I hired a coach and we started to explore these mm-hmm. things and work on some deeper, deeper issues. How long ago was this man? 20, give me a sec, probably 2018, 2019. Okay. So not, not too long ago, right? No. We're about five years ago, Yeah, five years. And how long now, when did you stop doing real estate and when did you start your coaching business full time? So I'm in that transition right now, right? You're in the transition. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing real estate all year. I've been building this coaching company. I haven't made the jump yet because, you know, similar to like what we talked about financially, it's just not there yet. But at some point I got to go all in on coaching. So I've been running two businesses this year and dude, I'm I'm paying the price right now. (laughs) Bro, it's crazy you say that because, you know, and, and for the audience listening, like this is what you're about to hear probably the next five to 10 minutes out of Sergio and myself is going to tell you so much about this business and what it really looks like. All right. And so that you guys can deduce when you're being bullshitted by somebody else that says you can walk out of your corporate job and become an entrepreneur because you flip that tab on your Instagram and you're going to make, you know, six, seven figures right away. It's not the way it is. All right. He's a very successful man for, you know, He's a veteran, you know, killed it in real estate, seven figure business, and he's still not comfortable yet in switching over. And, 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 and the reason is, is because he wants to do what's right by his wife and his children. If it were just him, I can tell you right now, he'd be, he'd be fucking gone, pecan. Like same with me. I would not be in corporate America right now, but it's important because, you know, you said like financially, it's just not there right now. Do you know how many people out there on the internet that are lying about that very, very thing that you were just honest in front of thousands of people on. Dude, it, it, people try to still get me on it. Like, you know, I get bombarded with these ads of being like, you could become a coach and make seven figures in your first year. And you're right. You, there's a possibility that that could happen. Right. Yeah. I also know that making my first hundred thousand dollars was fucking ridiculously hard. And yes, the thing is, it's like this massive identity shift because as a nine to five employee, even if you're, you know, you have like an entrepreneurial position in your job or your sales and you're running your own shit, the moment that that security is gone, you are faced to, you're faced with the music. It's like whatever you hunt, you kill. There's no systems. There's no backup. 
you've burnt the boats, get ready because like it's going to be the biggest mental endurance race too because I walked out of real estate top dog, top 1% of 1% in the country. Yeah. Now I'm a nobody again. And I'm like, fuck, exactly. dude. And I mean, the self-doubt and insecurity and crying and like all of it this week. I'm just like, fuck, dude. What are <laughs> dude, we doing? I, I, it's so funny that you posted that the other day. I literally broke down in my car yeah. that day. It is, it is so hard to be an entrepreneur, right? And then trying to build your own business. You know, while you're in, like you said, that entrepreneurial space with your W-2 job as a salesperson or whatever. Like, dude, it feels lonely as hell, man. It's hard, dude. And I can tell you, you talk about that first six figures that you make. I mean, I'm approaching it too, you know, and I've done it quietly and, and very, you know, I would say enthusiastically, but also very insecure, very scared. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't look at you or look at me and say like, wow, these guys are scared. They're sad. They are, they are lonely. And dude, this is a fucking lonely space, man. I, with, with all the stuff going on with, you know, people pay, paying for engagement, paying for likes, paying for the comments. I can look at your page right now and I can look at my page and you can see that it's real. Yeah. We don't do that. There's, there's posts that there's, there's, you put some shit out there, dude, that I'm thinking like, how does this not have over like 3000 likes and like, a million views. I'm not bullshitting you. I appreciate because that. Your videos are fucking incredible. And we're going to talk about that offline fucker, because I don't know how you do these videos and I need to switch mine up and I like your <laughs> style. So, but, but dude, like some, like I'll look, you know, two to three days later and you have a handful of likes and just so do I, it's just like, but we're not out there paying for it. it what guys, you, you guys listening need to understand that you need to start following and engaging with people that aren't trying to fucking pull the wool over your eyes. Yeah. I mean, all these big people that these, these these people like, they, you know what, seventy five thousand likes and in, in ten comments. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Come I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. No, and like I'm so, you know, there's a point there where I was like, dude, maybe I should just like buy the clout for a second so I could like, you know, look cool. And then in my head, I was yeah. like, but that's going to dilute everything that you're trying to do. Like if you're going, if you're if your foundational principle, Sergio, is to stop lying and tell the fucking truth, and then you're going to go out and you know make it appear different, well, then that's not the game. Because the reality is, right? Like, I'm not a big dog yet. Could I be? Sure. Mm -hmm. Is is it going to happen? There's no guarantee. But what I will say mm -hmm. is that I will not. I will the good and the bad. You're going to get it all. And for some people, it's mm -hmm. so curated. It's so plastic. It's so fake that their information is great, but just knowing that they did that to me, it takes them down a few notches. You know, it's funny. It's I'm, I'm like listening to what you're saying is like, you know, can I be a big dog? Sure. Will I be, I don't know. It's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed that either one of us will, but I can tell you what we will be right. Like we're that, we're that those newcomers. Right. And in 10 years, we maybe sooner, but I'm looking at it as in decades yeah. now because I'm just so tired of getting excited about one little thing and then being let down. Mm. How many times in your early journey as a coach have you gotten so excited? You know, you have all these, you know, prospects that you've spoken to, you know, and you know they're going to hire you, you know, and you look at Lizzie, you go, baby, if even three out of these five hit, that's like a $25,000 month. And then none of the motherfuckers. Yep. Die. And then you Been go back there, to, right? then you go back to, What's wrong with me? Yes. 
Yeah. Cause it's gotta be you. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, I, I hear you. It's like, maybe I'm just not as good as X, Y, Z person. That's, you know, seems to launch something and then a thousand people just want to buy it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was telling this story the other day. I had an opportunity to go back and speak at, you know, my brokerage at some of their business planning meetings. And one of the things that's going on in the real estate market in a few different markets right now is just like the dynamic shifting. And, you know, real estate agents are feeling the pressure. Mortgage lenders are feeling the pressure just because of what's going on. And I told them, hey, listen, I came into real estate in 2017, yeah, 2017, and I had immediate success. Right. I'm talking why well, it's seven months of no sales. And then it was like, I want rookie of the year. And then within 24 months, I had made my first million dollars. Right. And so it's insane. It's insane. Right. But what they didn't see is that from 2002 to 2007, I was in the Air Force Academy getting my dick kicked in and learning how to time management. Mm -hmm. From 2007 to 2013, I was learning leadership and how to be uh, an officer in the Air Force and how to project manage. In 2000, end of 2013, they didn't see me struggling with PTSD and alcohol abuse and addiction and going through therapy and then starting my own personal growth pattern. They didn't see any of that. All they saw was this polished product that walked into one of the hottest markets of all time believed in himself mm -hmm. and realized that the moment that I'm not selling homes, I'm actually selling myself as the process, as the guide. That's why it took off. And they just saw the immediate yeah. success. So with what we're saying, it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of a gestational period here for us to grow. Yeah. You know, it's funny, brother, because I'm sitting here and, and I went from working with athletes to telling myself a story that I couldn't work with them because there was no money there. And then I switched to uh, entrepreneurs. I'm like, and then I realized none of this is hitting. Like none of this is working. Like I'm getting clients here and there. I'm making money, but not the type of money that I want to make doing this, right? Because I want to be done with corporate America at some point. And, I, and, and when I made that move back to athletes, it's almost like the world was like, oh my God, thank you, Sean. And then I launched the athlete community. I have 15 athletes in there, but I'm not marketing it yet. Like on oh, my stories. Cool. Have I done an ad? No. Do I have a system in place? No. Do I have a funnel? No, I don't have any of that in place. And so to me, it tells me something. Then I met someone through one of my, um, one of my, fr my friends, they helped me out with this and they reach out to people on LinkedIn and we're building out the athlete community. Hey, got a guy that wants to talk to you. Possibly has an athlete for us. He's an SEC baseball player, dude signed, you know, one-on-one yeah. -on -one client every month, recurring revenue, an amazing kid. He's going to be a draft pick. Right. And then I just get, you know, thrown a second rounder, you know, a 66 pick overall signed for almost a million dollars. It's funny how the gestational period just even feels better when it's something that you love. Yeah. Right? And, and it's something that the, the public though sees in you. And to my point is to piggyback off what you're saying. It's like, now I'm selling me not a program, right? I'm selling my freaking story because I've been through it at the highest level of baseball in college at LSU. I've, I've failed there. So I can talk to them about that. And it, and it does pull on some heartstrings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's myself, man. Yeah. And the way that, you know, I've thought about this is there's people to my left and those are the ones that I can look back and be like, dude, I've been through what you've been through. I know what it's like to thrive mm -hmm. in your business and struggle in your marriage. 
that's my clientele. It's men that are going through that yeah. in sales. We'll talk about that in a second. And then there's guys to my right that I look up to. And those are my coaches. Those mm-hmm. are my mentors. And the more experiences I get, the more of a gap there is on the left-hand side because more things open up that I can speak to because I've gone through it. So right now yeah. it's, it's this amount and eventually it'll be larger and larger and larger. Well, let's talk about that, man. I want to lead the audience down that path. So that way, if there's, you know, a ton of men that listen, that they are struggling with their wives, that they know where to go. Yeah. Right. So if, if, you know, once you start working with a man that is struggling in their marriage, they're doing well financially, maybe, but they're just struggle communicating with their wives. Like what, what type of, what's your, what's your coaching process like and how do you walk them through it? Yeah. So there's four domains that we work in. There's your body, your health and your fitness, your being, which is your spiritual connection and your connection with yourself, your relationships, your marriage and your kids, and then your business. You got to look at all mm-hmm. four of those to kind of figure out where we are at. Most, most individuals are good in one domain. Like they're crushing it in their business. Maybe they got some fitness going on too. Very few have it in all four. And so when people come in, my first question is, well, what do you want in your marriage? Mm-hmm. Most men can't even explain that. Dude, I just want to get divorced. I mean, I don't fucking know. Like I want to have more sex with my wife. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we get them to start to think about that, but I know that they have no idea. So then I really kind of go yeah. into, well, tell me what's going on. And we start to uncover the pain of what's going on in their marriage. You know, do they feel like they're constantly fighting? I ask them how their marriage is impacting their business. I was like, you know, it seems like you're doing well. Do you feel like you're getting held back by your marriage? Like what happens if nothing changes in your marriage? What is the impact to your, to your children, Mm -hmm. to your health? And so once we can start to see like this full, like this full court picture of what's going on from all different angles, then we can start to build out like, okay, well, what do you actually want now? And we build out Mm -hmm. each domain because I know that if we work in their health and fitness, which creates discipline, consistency, and commitment, and they bring those three things into their marriage where they're disciplined and they do what they say they're going to do without having their wife tell them. Mm -hmm. They're certain with who they are and they're consistent with what they do. Their wives now look at them as like the man who can lead the family. That's, that's true, man. That's, that's an important thing. Cause there's a lot of dudes that when they, they don't know what they want out of their marriage. The first thing that they're going to say is either they just want to end it or they want to have more sex. Yeah. But what does that really mean? What does that really mean? It means they don't feel that they're being heard and they want more intimacy. They want to feel closer to their wives. Right. And again, like how do you get closer to your wife? Like how do you fix some of the things? Well, a lot of the times you can fix your marriage. You can fix anything if you fix your fucking self. Right. And I'm not saying out there you're broken, but you know, like you said, the four pillars, very few people have four. I don't have four. I don't have four. I mean, come on, let's be honest. You know, my marriage is great. Right. You know, my, my relationship with my, with my physical self right now is not good. Relationship with my kids is amazing. And my business is starting to peak. But what if, what if I dial back into the gym, right? Because it's a decision. For all those people psychoanalyzing me right now, like Sergio already knows what I'm going to say. This is on me. Like I know it. Like I know it. I am perfectly fine with saying that I am messing up right now. I'm focusing in a lot of different other areas and I'm using that as an excuse to justify that I'm not going into the gym. Well, I need more sleep. I'm tired. So this is on me, but imagine what my business would look like. Imagine how much greater my relationship would be with my wife. Imagine how much greater my relationship would be with my kids. 
It's like, we don't need to overcomplicate this shit. And, and Sergio, you said something earlier, like you went through a time where you're just punishing your body. Mm. It doesn't need to be that way. Nope. It needs to be you just keeping your word with yourself. So for someone who's really out of shape coming to you, how do you get them started to get even wanting to walk in those doors at the gym? Cause that shit's scary for yeah. someone who doesn't go. Right. Yeah. yeah, it is scary. I mean, <laughs> it can be terrifying. I'm scared and, to go back. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it's like, okay, well let's figure out where you're at right now. Okay. Like what do you, what's your background? What do you have? Like what are the skills that you have? And we just start there. A lot of times we have to go get some basic, you know, information, get like a DEXA scan, get some blood work done. And so that they can get the information that they need. Like, I'm not equipped to read that type of stuff. But what I do know is that once they can see visually where they're at, well, then now we can start to create a plan from there. And I have resources that I bring in. I have a nutritionist I bring in. I have a fitness coach that I bring in because that's their specialty. I want to work directly with them. My part is like to help them understand that once we get clear on what we want, then we have to make an emotional tie to what we, why we want it. For most men, just going into the gym to get in shape, like you're like, dude, I don't like whatever. It doesn't matter. But when I can say, okay, well, what happens if you continue to eat the way you're eating and working out the way you want to work out? I was like, how's your marriage going to look like in five years? Like, do you want to fuck you with the way you look right now? (laughs) Most men would say no. No. Right. And so I was like, you know what happens if you start to work out and you start to lead your family that way? your wife is going to have a lot of resistance at first if she is, if she's not in shape and then she's going to continue to have resistance until she starts to go in and she starts to work out because she wants to keep up with you. So we have to create that emotional tie there. And so for most men who have been out of the gym for a long time, it's, we have to find something that you enjoy doing. It could just be walking. It could be skiing. It could be hiking, whatever it is, an activity that you enjoy. Let's just get some consistency, right? Maybe three days a week. And then we can start to add because I can't take you from zero to a thousand. I just got to get some little wins for you first. That's a great point. That's why I asked you that question because a lot of times people, when they're starting something new, they go from zero to a thousand and then they get burnt out really quickly. I'm that guy, right? But I mean, I do, I am starting from a baseline. And again, this has only been going on for like a month or two. Like I, you know, of me kind of just being very inconsistent, but you know, if you have somebody that's never ran before, you're not going to tell them, hey, I need you to go run two miles. You're probably going to start with walking, get them really good at walking. And then you're going to go, okay, let's pressure test this a little bit. Let's put a weight vest on when you walk. Okay, but now two weeks from now, you're going to run a mile. Hmm. And it's going to suck. But that's all you're going to do is you're going to run a mile and you're going to feel better. Yeah. We don't have to complicate it. We can make it very simple, right? Yeah. Instead of drinking six sodas, let's drink four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these exactly. aren't, these aren't massive changes, but four sodas down to three sodas down to two sodas. It's going to have a massive impact on yeah. your weight over the course of two months. Or five pieces of pizza to two pieces of pizza. hundred percent. I mean, pizza is tough to give up, man. I'm sorry. I, dude, as an Italian dude, I love pizza. I, love I mean, it. that's like a Friday night in my house. It's a pizza. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, you're hanging out with a fam. It's pizza. We had pizza last yeah. night. It was good. Nice. Really I love it. We try. What kind of pizza did you have? Order. We go to Mellow Mushroom. Oh, that place is delicious. Place is dope. The place is dope. Yeah. We used to go back there. Probably shouldn't talk about this on the air, but you know, at the end of every homestand in Louisiana, out there in Baton Rouge, they had one there in the college town, and 
that would be the the place we went on Sunday nights after we just swept somebody and just made them look silly. They're on the they're on the plane home or the, it was a bus back then because it was after nine eleven, so no one was flying except a long. Uh, we flew to College World Series. We flew to Long Beach that year, but we drove everywhere else, like buses, eight you know eighteen hour trips. Like yeah. we had like little cocoons in there. Anyway, I'm I'm going off on a tangent, um, but. Uh, Mellow Mushroom place was jumping, dude. I mean, if I if I'd have to tell you off air about the type of shit that happened in that place, you're like, "Ooh, that happened at a restaurant." <laughs> so I'm just like, "Yeah, it actually did." <laughs> it actually did. I can, dude, I played hockey. I, I can play. I played hockey. I know what's up, dude. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. It was it was nuts, dude. They would close that place like around ten, and we'd be there until three. <laughs> they would let us stay. It was nuts, man. It was crazy. Uh, it was crazy. That's funny. But uh, yes, yeah, so that's the kind of pizza we had, and we try to we try not to buy a ton so we don't have leftovers. Yeah, you know, because if there's leftovers in the house, like, sorry, like that's just one thing that I can't lay off of. Fair. Can't lay off the pizza, dude. That's my vice. My I love vice, it. man. Yeah, dude. Can you, I can't believe we've been talking already for a half an hour. Dude, doesn't feel like it at all. Dude, I feel like you just logged on. I know, man. I know. Good God Almighty, dude! You got dude. another, you got another kid coming, man. Dude, yeah, I think that's you know that's an interesting piece that I've been running through my mind recently, right? So we've got another kid coming mm-hmm. in March. My wife's a stay-at-home mom, and we've been mm-hmm. exploring a lot of stuff recently in our marriage. You know, her and I went toe to toe for a few months there. Like we were struggling again, and you know, pregnant women. Um, this is not going to go over well with you, but you don't make a lot of sense sometimes. And, um, I've realized that Do they have to be pregnant to not make sense. I don't understand women. A lot of times, like that's why I fuck it up so bad. <laughs> right. I try so hard and I yeah, love her whatever. so much. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're going toe to toe about this and we're trying to figure out, well, you know, what needs to change and what came out of this is like, you know, she's afraid that when the second one comes, she's going to be so overwhelmed, um, with the things that she already has to do and me trying to grow this business. And I was like, Oh dude, let's just talk about it. Let's adjust our Mm -hmm. tasks list. on like, who's responsible for what I can take on some more, right? If that's going to alleviate some of the stuff for you, because I got, I have a little bit of extra capacity right now. And so bringing number two on, like, I don't know, even know what to expect. But what I do know is that uh, we are working through our our stuff in our marriage right now to figure out how to prep for it. How many do you have? Mm. Do you have have two kids? Three, dude. Dude, what advice do you got for me going from one to two? Well, okay. So one to two seems like a nightmare at the time. Yeah. But I can tell you from two to three is an absolute shit show. It's a, (laughs) it's a clown. There's clown shoes. There's a circus. There's an elephant. There's every, it's just craziest thing ever. Um, how old your daughter, right? No, we're gonna have two boys. The son. You have two boys. Well, we're going to have two boys. So you have one boy. You're going to have two boys. Okay. Okay. How old's your boy? He's 18 months. They'll be 23 months apart. Oh, dude. So you've got it bad. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. <laughs> your, your son now. <laughs> you're fucked. So your son now. Yeah. Again, he's. Did he sleep well when, you know, or was it, t- did it take time to crib train him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. For, I want to, I want to give you a little bit of peace of mind. Your second's going to sleep. <laughs> Good. It's going to be, it's going to be calm. He, he's going to sleep. Okay. Um, but your oldest, when the baby's born, He's going to love his brother, but he's going to regress and he's going to act like the baby. Interesting. 
He's going to cry, <laughs> you know, like pick me up, do this, that he's going to want to be the the baby now yeah. because he's going to get a little bit of jealous, but, uh, yeah. but, you, but you know what, bro, it's, it's beautiful. You know, you still have man coverage. You're good there. Um, what's hard is what's really hard is when you have a third because then you have one in kindergarten doing homework, you have the baby that needs to be fed. And then your middle child's like, what about me? Dick bags. Like, All right. I'm going to go break. I'm going to go break something. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and so that was hard, but, um, it's a lot of fun, dude. It's a lot of fun. And they're close enough to where you're going to get to see them grow in the yeah. relationship, which is pretty damn cool. But yeah, no dude, it's going to be hard. Yeah, I'm. I mean, listen, I'm stoked. I think there's some there's some nervous energy around how do I mm-hmm. continue to grow this business and support my family while this happens. And here's what I know yeah. is that like I feel like you know, I recently just kind of reconnected with God. Like I don't give a shit what you believe mm-hmm. in, but for me, like I was raised yeah. Catholic, hated the Catholic Church, and so now I still believe in God. And so like I've been really tapping into this recently, like a spiritual, universal connection, and um there's just this calm presence of knowing that like, this is the pressure and the focus that I need. So in a lot of ways I'm nervous, but in a lot of ways I'm just like, dude, this is, this is what is required for me to have that backwards pressure that I need to continue to push me. If that makes sense. No, it makes sense to me. Um, because I've, I've seen enough from you and I'm not worried about you. Like you're going to be just fine. You're going to, you're going to grow. You're going to, you're going to absolutely grow and no pressure, no diamonds, bro. That's right. Right. And I, and I think, dude, like pressure, and this is a good, this is a good point because you're going through something right now and I'm feeling pressure in my own way, but like pressure's a blessing. Hmm. Pressure is a gift. It is not something that we are experiencing because we're being punished. Right. right? So, so this is the audience, like for the audience, I want them to realize that, you know, if you're going through something right now where you feel this amount of pressure and adversity, this is your gift because this is what is needed to pressure test you to get to the next level of where you want to go. So look at it that way, right? Yeah. So, you know, in your in your case, you know, having your second son come in and having that, you know, little bit of nervous energy, but it's also going to propel you, I think, to be even more efficient than you already are to provide what you need to provide. I bet yeah. you your business grows 50% what they, at least. Yeah, what do they say? Pressure is a privilege? <laughs> yeah. 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 So it doesn't feel like right. it. It doesn't Not feel like time. it, right? No, not at the time at all. But like you overcome things, mm-hmm. right? And that's just why I love podcasting because it's like I'm having this great conversation with you. And a lot of the things are, I'm saying is built on my own perspective of what I'm going through, right? And it's really cool that way because I'm thinking, wait a second. Like I need to get back in it, man, because this is this is my pressure test. Yeah. And if I don't do it, it means I'm giving up on my business. I'm giving up on my family. I'm giving up on my wife. And I think, and I don't know how you feel about this, but a lot of times I have to tie something catastrophic to me doing something like, okay, if I don't go to the gym, like what if I get cancer and die? Then my, then my wife is a widow and my kids don't have a dad. Yeah. You selfish bastard. Get off your ass. I'm like that. I don't know about you, but I'm like that. Yeah. I think for a long time I was doing that. Right. And I don't know if it was like these massive things, but I was doing it. I was building everything out of lack. Like I had to prove everybody else wrong. So I would go to the gym Mm -hmm. so I could be, you know, be the, in the best shape out of everybody. So I could tell people that I outworked them that day, all of these things. Mm. I think that was the chip that I ran with. And that's mm. a powerful energy to run with until, and this is just a recent realization until I realized 
that I, in doing that, it is predicated on you getting external validation from somebody else to say, hey, that voice that you've been using as the energy for you to create all these things that you're creating, I see it, but nobody's ever going to say it. Mm. So you're constantly searching for it. The moment I switch mm. to, I'm building this for me because this is just who the fuck I am. Now I can create from this place of abundance and I don't need any validation. Doesn't mean I don't seek it. I'm human, right? That's, I mean, look at social media. I check yeah. that thing and be like, oh, damn it, didn't do well. But <laughs> I what I am it. saying is that like where I'm building now from, I'm trying to build from a place of like, hey, this is just decades. This is me doing it for me. Right. And I don't need anybody else to tell me like, hey, you're doing a good job. I already know I am. Absolutely. And you know, like, listen, man, that's, that's the thing. We all look at these vanity metrics because for anybody says like, I'm not doing this for the likes, I don't really care. Well then, then you wouldn't be on social media. <laughs> yeah. You'd be at fucking B and I at your local restaurant on Tuesday mornings trying to get business. You would not be on social media building it. You know, the other thing it, it brings up a good point, actually. I think people are looking at this the wrong way. And I know I did at the very, very beginning. And what I started doing, just like I said, before we hit recorded recording with the record button, I, my buddy and I, that I played ball against, I mean, ball with at LSU, he's an agent. Now we're teaming up and he's referring players. I'm, I'm, you know, employing him right to do so. Like that's a network. That's how you grow your business. And what do you have? Because a lot of people that listen to my show are creators, right? Mm -hmm. They they want to do something like this. What kind of advice would you tell them about the maybe even the traps of trying to grow your business online? Yeah, I mean, it's another mental game. <clears throat> you have to figure out, I think that one of the biggest things is you have to figure out who you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard one. I think one of the conversations that we had right about uh, sales, where we going back and forth because I was talking about medical device sales and uh, real estate and I was lumping everybody together, which we can talk about here or offline because I'm always curious about that. That was the moment that I had made a pivot and I'd come back and I was like, I'm focusing on people in sales who are struggling in their marriage. And so that was the mm -hmm. first time that I had let something out of my mouth about this, these types of individuals, us, us. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. didn't fucking land, man. I got to, you know, you hit me up and like, we're boys. You can talk to me like that. <laughs> I got it from all angles, man. Yeah. I was getting my fucking dick kicked in. And it was hard. And what came from that? Well, what came from that is like, okay, my intent was okay. Um, my messaging mm -hmm. was off. Let me, let me, let me polish this up a bit and get back in the arena. But that never yeah. would have happened if you hadn't chiseled away and somebody else hasn't chiseled away. And like, mm -hmm. you guys were all giving me this feedback and then I had to process it. So for people who are trying to build, a lot of this is you have to be willing to take a shot. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Dude, I'm going to tell you what. I've I've been shot at many times, right? Like at the very beginning, the way you're speaking, you're intimidating people. You need to back the fuck off. You know, you're saying fuck too much. Well, don't listen to this episode then. Um, you know, but like, but but I mean, yeah. And, and when I and when I message, when I wrote on for you, it was more of like a second, like, wait a second. Like I felt comfortable. I, yeah. I'm never that guy that goes to someone's post unless and, and, and gives my true opinion, you know, because like, what do I have to gain from it? Right? Like, I'm not going to sit there and get a pissing match with somebody, but I was like, no, I like this guy a lot. I'm I like, I'm going to push back on this motherfucker right now because I knew there, 
that energy in your video was so much different than anything else that you had put out. I'm like, okay, he's frustrated about his elbow maybe, but I don't know, but I'm going to be like, I'm going to hit him. I go, I, cause I agreed that medical device people, um, real estate agents, they're not entrepreneurs. I did not agree with middlemen. I thought that is where you missed. Yeah. Um, because it, it took to me, being a middleman or something like that, I, I understood what you were saying. I'm like, this dude sold over a million dollars in real estate and he's taken powerful away from what the fuck he did. You know? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't like that. I, I liked what you were trying to say, yeah. you know, and it's okay that I disagreed with you. hundred percent. Well, but that's, you so, better, you better pipe up when I say yeah. something that you don't agree with. I will. But that you, Sean, that's not right. But that's the beauty of this, right? Is like, we are mm -hmm. two things happened. One, I said some things that were extremely controversial that pissed a lot of fucking people off. And it was incongruent with everything I had said. When I went back and rewatched it, I was like, damn, dude, like uh, you think you could have been <laughs> you think you could have been putting people down anymore. Like this wasn't a we game. Yeah. This was a you were pointing fingers at everybody else, like, you're a fucking idiot, yeah. you're a middleman, you're a pussy, did it. And it's like, no, 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 no. I get it. Yeah. What I was trying to say, the packaging was off. So that was one of the things. It's like, yeah, I'm speaking truth at the time, but it got misconstrued mm -hmm. because I didn't deliver it well. Mm -hmm. You come back at me right. with truth. Instead of like trying to, you know, hey, man, you might want to try it this way. You're like, nope, I'm going to come right at your fucking neck. And I appreciated that because that's the way I kind of respond. I was like, oh, okay. Like, damn. All right. Got it. Let's go into this conversation. Da, 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 da. Now I'm getting phone calls. And I appreciated everybody who kind of like came to that. Because the way I looked at it is like, if you didn't give a shit about me, you never would have said anything. 100%. What, I mean, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, I, I don't spend my time, you know, giving that kind of feedback for someone I don't care about, you know? And, 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 I, and I wish more people were like that, dude. And, and again, I, like, <laughs> the, last, the last message you sent me was like, you know, this is why I hate, you know, like social media or texting, like, it, Sean, if we were talking on the phone or on a podcast, you would find that we are in agreement. And I'm like, eh, he's right. Cause, cause I knew your overall message. I said, like I said, I agree. They are not they, realtors and medical device. People are not entrepreneurs. Um, now you can blur the line if you have a tax ID number. Right. Um, and you are, uh, I guess a independent uh, rep for like a distributor. Yeah, you're kind of building your own business, but it's still not your product. Right. It's still so, not your product. Right. And you can have entrepreneurial tendencies and habits mm -hmm. and practices, mm -hmm. but you're not an entrepreneur. And listen, if anything, that's okay because you can make a shit ton of money being the person in the middle selling shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's so funny because like, it's so funny because like me and, um, I don't know if you know this about me, but prior to medical business, I was in payroll. I sold HR and payroll for years, okay. about seven years. And one of the accountants that I worked with that never referred me business, like really cool dude out here in Cape Coral, Alex Evers, uh, awesome guy. He loves college football. We used to go back and forth because my LSU Tigers are always beating up on his Florida Gators. And uh, it happened again last weekend. And we happened <laughs> to have lunch this past week. Planned it that way so I could laugh at his ass. But no, so he's been trying to get me. He's like, man, I really want to build my payroll department. I really want to build my payroll department. I need you. You're the best. 
I'm like, brother, well then how much you got? Like, what are you going to like, what do you got? He's like, well, no, I want to give you 50, 50 ownership. I'm like, Oh, so you want to build a business? He's like, yes. I'm like, so I signed off on the papers, right? So now not only am I building this, I'm building a payroll company. So I could sit there and say that's entrepreneurship. Yes. But, but let's, but let's go a step further. We're going to white label somebody else's uh, software. So you're using, you see my point? So like, I get it. And it's like, okay, well, fine. Is it really entrepreneurship until we, until we create our own software to run the payroll, to hold, you know, to, to float the money and push it out to the tax pay. Ah, You're splitting hairs there. But like, I can tell you, I wish we had $2 million right now to do the our own software. I don't want to white label somebody else's. I want my shit. Right. But, but dude, it was such a, the audience is like, what are they talking about? But it's like, <laughs> guys, what we're talking about is respectfully disagreeing with somebody. And and you sons of guns in America over the last three years has forgotten how to do that. Yeah, y'all are like, soft. You can respectfully. Oh my god, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's nuts. It's like you can disagree with somebody and be respectful about it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what we did. Yeah. And so. What's your Instagram handle, by the way? Tell the audience. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I want yeah. if, you know, like what, what, yeah, dude, it needs to be, what can they say? <laughs> yes, it's Sergio, S E R G I O, dot Nazaro. And is in November, A Z Z A R O. So Sergio dot Nazaro. And he's a handsome guy. He's a dude, handsome, he's I a beautiful be, man. man. He's a fucking beautiful guy. Um, what else? Yeah, the dude, website, I was going to become the standard, become the standard dot live. That's right. Yeah, man. It's all about, yeah. listen, I believe that you can have it all in this life. You know, you're a dad, your husband, you're, you're, you're in sales. Like you're doing the whole thing. Like, I believe that no matter how old you are, you can be fucking jacked. You can be in good shape. You can have a connection with yourself that you know yourself better than you ever have. And if you believe in God or whatever you believe in, like you can tap into that power and have it guide you. Your marriage can be on fire. Your kids can call you a hero and you can make a shit ton of money all at the same time. That's what I'm after in this game. Yeah. Same. It's inspirational. And you said something connection with yourself. And this is now I want to blow the audience's mind here. So I want to ask you a question. Okay. Do you believe you should be working out and getting in great shape and, and leaned up because you hate your body or should you be working out, eating right, getting in, unbelievable shape because you love yourself no matter what, which is going to create more impact in your life. If you love yourself, like hates, a, hates, see, a, that's it, right? hates a tough thing to do, man. Yeah. See, see, that's funny because when I go to the gym and again, vulnerable moment, it's cause I hate something about myself. And yeah. so I never get to that point where I'm completely shredded. I'll get, I'll get leaned up. I'll get down to like, you know, 19, 20%. And I'm like knocking on the door to get down to 15 and then I'll just self-sabotage yeah. because I'm coming from a place of hatred. Like, and again, nobody else is going to sit there and tell you this. No guys, no one else is going to sit there and tell you their exact issue. They're going to say, I love myself. I never doubt myself. Ooh, look at me. I have a million fake fucking followers. Um, but you know, it's to me, I fall short because I don't come from a place of love. I can do it for a little bit, but then I'm like, Oh, I hate this part about me. I hate this, this little, edge corner right here. So I wanted to ask you that question because I, I had a feeling you were going to answer it the way you I were. guess my question to you is like, what's the biggest lie that you're telling yourself about your body? 
that I'm enormously fat. Okay. Like yeah. I'm in, I'm like, like dude, like it's body dysmorphia. I have know? that. I have that too. It runs really. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody does probably. Yeah. Yeah. At so some point. that storyline though, right. That you're overweight and you're obese. Like if that stays your focus, well then you're always going to operate out of hate towards your body. You already know this. I don't have to tell mm -hmm. you this. Yeah. There comes a point though, where, you know, at least for me, it was a shift when I realized like, Oh, me going to the gym is actually a form of self love me eating mm -hmm. food that makes me feel good and look good is a form of self love. Also me having a piece of pizza and crushing a beer and Modelo cause they're delicious is a form of so self love. Good, right. So like it's mm -hmm. your ability to reframe it and see it from a different perspective because at the end of the yeah. day, you know, the way that we speak to ourselves is going to be the way that our children see it wife sees it it's mm. the way we speak to other people and even though we can put it on as sales professionals and chip her up and have the conversation yeah. if that energy yeah. is out of alignment yeah. sometimes clients can feel that yeah no it's good man I'm, I'm glad you said that and you're right you know how how you think about yourself and the things that you truly buy into on a moment-to-moment -moment basis that's how you're going to show up right so everybody's body and like finances or whatever is a physical representation on the perspective and how they view their finances and their bodies in themselves. So well said, man, this has been an amazing show. Dude, you're a good, good host. Amazing. Thank you, brother. Yeah. You're a great guest. Thank I don't, you. dude, you know, it's so funny that people ask me, what do you think you're really good at? I'm like hosting a podcast. That's pretty much it. But no, I mean, I feel like I am better at a lot of other things, but when someone compliments me, man, on my hosting abilities, that that means the world to me again seeking outward you know um acceptance yeah. but it's my art dude it's my art right like you know just like i complimented you on your stuff i i love your content Appreciate even that. even the post i hated i loved <laughs> i mean straight up dude yeah. like straight up bro yeah, I like i still that. respect the art yeah. that's fucking great oh my gosh so it, dude so so the audience how can they work with you, man? How could they, how could they hire my boy Sergio to yeah. help them out? I think the first step is just go follow me. You got to get a, you got to get a taste to see if I'm even the something that you want to eat on a regular basis. You know, I might be, I might be the last <laughs> thing that you want in your life, but if you come in and you're Which like, probably be the, the thing that they should give. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you come in and you watch long enough and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, this, I, I like this. All you got to do is there's a link in my bio. Go click on that quick video for you to watch and an application. We'll take a look at it. If it makes sense, then we'll move forward. Love it. Love it. You heard the man. Go check him out on a social media handle. Follow him along. Click the link in his bio. Um, you can get his Instagram link from the show notes. So don't worry, guys. But I want to thank you once again for tuning in to another amazing episode with a absolutely incredible guest. And please, uh, we want to hear what you think about this episode. So, um, leave a nice written review. Hopefully it's a five star, but tell us what you loved about the show, what you got most from the conversation from Sergio and myself and share this episode with your friends. You know, we have a couple of ads at the beginning of the show, but we don't break up the show right now to advertise other brands. But so our growth 
is depending on you guys sharing the message. So please share this episode with someone you love. And until next time, guys, be determined and do what you got to do to get to the next level in your life. We love you. Peace. Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family-owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family-owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. Unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes. Train your mind to conquer challenges, stay focused under pressure, and achieve unparalleled success. Our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques, enhancing concentration, resilience, and confidence. Picture yourself outperforming your rivals, making split-second decisions with clarity, and achieving victory like never before. Join us today and elevate your game to new heights. Peak Mental Performance Program, where champions are forged in the mind. Email me today, sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information. See you inside.